The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morency. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bustle, but everybody else in between throwing it down. The Monday night meltdown. Let's uh, do this thing. As the Portland Trailblazers uh, meltdown spot. The Los Angeles Lakers a 21-point lead after the first 12 minutes of play. And it was the difference when it's all said and done. And the Blazers give up 135 and uh, the Blazers showed a sense of urgency that I showed before a high school exam. Absolutely none. These guys folded faster than Superman on laundry day. An embarrassing performance from the Portland Trailblazers this evening, and it's all over but the crying as the Lakers now have a 3-1 series lead as they get it done on Kobe Day, August 24th. An unintentional tribute. Uh, to Kobe Bryant, and truth be told, I'm a moron for stepping in front of this. Like, there's some things you just don't want to get in front of, and yeah, Kobe magic and uh, and stuff like that is probably probably not something that you want to get in front of. Uh, at least we cashed an in-game over as the game sails over the number. They put up 250 points in this basketball uh, game. Craziness earlier today with Milwaukee and Orlando as overbetters had a late gift, a late push, in a strange uh, basketball game that started off in- incredibly slow, as a lot of these early games uh, have. Uh, you look uh, at the National Basketball Association playoffs uh, right now, it's over for the Pacers. The Miami Heat uh, take care of business. Now they await uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks still need to win another game. That's what happens when you lose. Uh, so now you got to play another game. You have to handle your business. Looks like Milwaukee will handle their business. They're on a collision course with the Miami Heat. Of course, the Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics kickstart their series on Thursday. Uh, Don't look now, but we have a series with the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets. And truth be told, I really don't know how the Oklahoma City Thunder are doing this. Like, they're playing and they're scoring pretty much, like, as much as they possibly can, and they're barely winning. (laughs) Like, they're barely pulling this out. And, oh, yeah, Houston doesn't even have Russell Westbrook uh, either. But it doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter. When it's all said and done, all that matters is, you know, whether you won or lost the game. And now they've uh, they both won and they both lost two games apiece uh, right now. We've got a series, just like we've got a series on our hands uh, with the Dallas Mavericks and the Los Angeles Clippers as Luka Doncic steps up and drops uh, 43. Can he uh, go back-to-back with another epic performance? He's going to have to uh, if the Dallas Mavericks are going to step up and get it done in this series. The New York Islanders shut out the Philadelphia Flyers. They take a 1-0 series lead. 
George Kurt steps up with it. We talk Fox. We said it the Vegas Sports Rage late night. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Portrait's late night continues. I am Gable Moranzi. Thank you, Orange. 844-843-6879. George Kurtz will step up and then we'll talk some NHL hockey, some NFL uh, football. Vegas Maddie will step up and then Super Contest Proxy from Las Vegas. Obviously, if his name is Vegas Maddie, he's kicking it in Las Vegas. We'll talk about some of these, uh, these contests, the Super Contest and everything else that's around the corner of the National Football League regular season. Uh, starts in a little more than two weeks. So, it's time, as uh, Bruce Buffer uh, would say. Unfortunately, the Portland Trailblazers did not uh, get uh, the message that it was time uh, this evening. Absolutely no sense of urgency whatsoever from the Blazers. Now, listen, there's no shame in losing. As Vince Lombardi you know, stated years ago, there's no shame in getting knocked down. The only shame is staying down. And I'll never call a team out for losing. You know, you look at the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers lost again to the Miami Heat, but it wasn't due to a lack of effort. They just, quite frankly, weren't good enough. Um, It wasn't due to a lack of effort. Like, if you're the Portland Trailblazers, like, you went through, you know, you went to hell and back to get into the playoffs. You know, you played great basketball to get there, and once you've gotten here, and it seems like you're disinterested right now, and I don't want to hear about Zach Collins' injury anymore. Like, I get it. Zach Collins is a good basketball player. Zach Collins is not like Michael Jordan, all right? He's not Scottie Pippen. <laughs> like, like, basically, well, well, if Zach Collins was, you know, if, if Zach Collins was playing, like, yeah, whatever. So if Zach Collins is there, what, they lose by 17 instead of 20? How many points is Zach Collins really worth to the Portland Trailblazers? Let's be real. And I get it. He's a good basketball player. Uh, but I get, listen, the, the Lakers are good, and it's an 8-1. And... Um, the uh, the reality of the situation is the Portland Trailblazers uh, are getting run out of the gym by a better basketball team right now. But I like I said, I don't have a problem with with losing. I don't have a problem with teams losing. It's when you see just a an aloofness and a dis- disinterest in which 
you're the Portland Trailblazers. Like, things started off great tonight. Things started off great tonight for the Blazers, and then the game started. Uh, and then the game started, and then it was 2 nothing. then it was 5 nothing. then it was 7 nothing. then it was 10 nothing. then it was 12 nothing. then it was 15 nothing. And, you know, you can get away with that. You can get away with being down 10 nothing if you're a basketball team, all right? You can be, you can get away with giving up the first 13 points of a basketball game, but you've got to get it back, and you can't let it turn into 20 to 4 and then 26 to 6. Uh, I, I mean, like, really, the Portland Trailblazers were down by 21 points after the first quarter. They were two and a half point underdogs in the first quarter. You know, you, you, you were two and a half point underdogs. You're down by 21. Like, the expectation was that, all right, if you guys don't win the quarter, at least, you know, you're going to be there. It's not easy to be down 21 points after 12 minutes. Like, you almost have to work at it to be that bad. As I stated, these guys folded faster than su- Superman on laundry day, all right? Um, they had the urgency of a sloth, a drunk sloth. Now, this is the NBA playoffs. You're playing against the Los Angeles Lakers on Mamba night, 824. 824, and you guys are down 15 nothing to start the basketball game. And you look, you look at the um, you know, look at the final score and look, look at the basketball game. That was the first quarter. That was the difference. You're not playing against the, the Sacramento Kings here, guys. You're not playing against the Pelicans. You're not playing against the Memphis Grizzlies. You can't spot the Los Angeles Lakers 21 points and then expect to come back after in the next 36 minutes. There's 48 minutes in the game, 12 minutes a quarter. You guys down 21 after the first 12. Yeah, yeah, like you're, you're going to outscore them by 21 points now in the next 36 minutes. Like, the, the the lack of urgency to start this basketball game was just, quite frankly, an embarrassment. Um, yet, the Los Angeles Lakers, you have to give them credit. We can we can pick apart the uh, the Portland Trailblazers all we want, but the Lakers came to play, and the Lakers have come to play after the game one uh, embarrassment in which they only scored 93 points. They have responded. Danny Green is starting to hit some shots uh, right now. Uh, Rajon Rondo's return is is soon, and you know, you know that even though the Dallas Mavericks would be a dangerous team for anybody moving forward, if the Mavericks are able to beat the Los Angeles Clippers. But with that being stated, you know LeBron James would prefer to play anybody else besides Kawhi Leonard. Now they, you know, they haven't played, they they haven't played in in a um, in a series that matters in a little while. You remember LeBron did win a championship uh, with the Miami Heat over the San Antonio Spurs, uh, but it's a new world right now. And at least from what we saw this year, Kawhi, Kawhi got the better of them. I know the Lakers won that game in the bubble the first night back, but uh, you know, if if you're if you're LeBron James, like you're pretty much you pretty much believe that you could beat anybody in the NBA to begin with. Yet Kawhi has to be that one guy that you don't want to have to play. You know, and it would just make the Los Angeles Lakers' lives uh, easier. Now, you know, there's there's different levels to this stuff, man. There really is. And you see this as playoffs advance in sport uh, sport by sport. You see it in the National Hockey League, and, and you see it. Uh, you see it in the NBA as well, in which, you know, teams – 
teams will advance. Teams will advance, and the teams that lose are just overmatched. Like, you know, let, let, let's look at this. Like, you look at the, the, the Pacers. They just got swept. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they just they couldn't win. And props to Teddy Covers, who joined us before the playoffs started and said that's the series that he likes the most, that Indiana are no match for the Miami Heat. Uh, we Listen, we got to give props to the Miami Heat. If you look at, you know, if you want to grade the teams, the Toronto Raptors, you know, the Toronto Raptors had a great series against Brooklyn, but Brooklyn, let's be real. Brooklyn, we're rolling out a G League uh, roster. So you can't give a ton of credit to the Toronto Raptors for what they did. There's been some great teams and some great performances, Utah being one of them. Utah's look great. Yet the Miami Heat, if we're giving report cards here, you have to give an A+. A-plus to the Miami Heat. It's like not just A, A-plus. Come on, they swept. They won by an average of double digits. They swept the four games, and not like they're playing the Orlando Magic. It's not like they're playing the Brooklyn Nets. The Pacers are a decent basketball team that really just got manhandled. Uh, by the Miami Heat. And, you know, it's always easy to to watch a series, and we always remember what we saw last and say, oh, this team, you know, this team's going to win, this team's going to win. But, you know, from what we've seen from Milwaukee, and, you know, Milwaukee covered today barely. A bad beat for people that had the Orlando Magic plus the points. Late free throws. Late, 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 late free throws. Yet that's what got it to 227 for the push uh, for the total. But, Anybody that's watched Milwaukee in the bubble from the, the bubble games to now even the playoff games, if, you know, and I, I know a lot of people aren't watching these games because, you know, they're the early games and it's kind of ugly and stuff, but if you're not paying attention to this, these games are closer than the final score indicate even. Like, you look and you see, oh, Milwaukee won by 15. It's like, yeah, you know, Orlando, we're in the game, man. Like, Orlando are giving Milwaukee problems. And I think Milwaukee are going to have problems moving forward. I don't think they're making it to the finals. I don't think they're making it to the finals. I think it's going to be Toronto and Miami um, in the Eastern Conference uh, finals that play each other. I think the Toronto Raptors are going to beat the Boston Celtics. And then I believe the Miami Heat uh, will beat the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, we'll have a Miami and Toronto Eastern Conference uh, finals when it's all said and done, but there's a lot of basketball to be played. And I, I'm not saying I, you know, I know that the Boston Celtics are going to give the Raptors all that they can handle. We've talked about the history and we're going to get into the series uh, as the week progresses. New York Islanders kicked their kickstart their series with a win over the Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers pulled their goal with like seven minutes left. Four trades late night continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, 
we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I just can't live without rageahol. <laughs> Sports Rage Late Night. I am Gable Moransky. Brutal day in the city of uh, brotherly love. The uh, Philadelphia Flyers get shut out by the New York Islanders. Brett Brown out as head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers after seven seasons. Although, although it's probably a joyous uh, day for Philadelphia 76er fans who have been very frustrated uh, by Brett Brown. Uh, yet, I don't blame him as much as uh, Philadelphia 76er fans that do. I get it. You know, people are not going to like a coach, but the Philadelphia 76er chemistry sucks and uh, the roster blows. It's not the coach's fault. All right. It's not, it's not, it's, it, that, that's not the coach's fault. That's, that's the organization. That's the general manager. That's the uh, player development. That's the scouts. Um, that, that's not Brett Brown. Uh, a change needed to happen, uh, but let's not pretend that like Brett Brown's Richie Kotite uh, or something like that right now. Uh, so Philadelphia 76ers have some work to do, and the Philadelphia Flyers have some work to do uh, right now. After dropping game one to the New York Islanders, George Kurtz uh, steps up and in from the island uh, right now. And, uh, George, it's almost unfathomable, actually, that somehow the New York Islanders and the Philadelphia Flyers had not played in the playoffs um, since 1987. Like, that, that's a long time. So what we're we talking, 33 years here? Like, uh, um, third, so third, 33 years, George. Like, you figure, like, it would have happened once, twice. There would have been a series. And, oh, yeah, yeah, remember, oh, yeah, they did play in 2001. Or, like, no, hard, hard to believe, George. First time since 1987. Yeah, I said the same thing on my Twitter account earlier today. I mean, I was a senior in high school the last time they played a playoff series, and I never would have guessed. If you would have told me when was the last time the Islanders and Flyers had played, I mean, I think I had to guess maybe the early 2000s, like you said, or maybe even the early 90s. The Islanders were terrible for a long time, where they go eight, nine, ten years without making the playoffs. And Philly had their own problems, so maybe we shouldn't uh, be so shocked. But yeah, that caught me off guard as well, Gabe. Yeah, but come on, like you know, you know I mean, like said, for 33 years, so yeah, you were you were uh, you were a senior in high school, and I had just dropped out of high school <laughs> in that era, in that uh, in that time. I remember it well, though. Uh, I remember, I remember the era uh, well. Great, um, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, of course, won the cup in 1986. Um, you had the great uh, Canada Cup, uh, where Dale Howardchuk just passed away. Actually, was on the ice with Mario uh, and Wayne Gretzky. They beat Team Russia uh, in the Canada Cup in '87. So yeah, it's just it's just hard to believe that their past couldn't have crossed. But as you stated, they weren't very good. The Islanders haven't been good for, you know, a long time. And the Flyers have just sort of been mediocre. You're right. So as far as tonight is concerned, listen, I watched 
I watched uh, the Philadelphia Flyers very, very closely. I saw every minute of the of the series against the Montreal Canadiens, and the Montreal Canadiens were the better team, George. Like five on five, they were the better team. The league, you know, the 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 Canadians got screwed like in every game, basically, by the referees. Like the Flyers had a million power play opportunities, couldn't take advantage. Like it's kind of like I don't know if you saw how many goalposts. And crossbars, the Montreal Canadiens hit in that series, like literally 12 to 15 of them, George, if not 20. They literally hit like seven posts in one game once. Um, Philadelphia was offensively challenged. Their power play is uh, is anemic. I, I like the Islanders here. I don't think Philadelphia is that great. The Islanders playing good hockey. Now they have one game under their belt. What do you think? Well, remember when we talked last week, about, uh, you know, should we be upset about the Lightning? Yeah, they won the series. They didn't look good doing so. We could say the same thing about the Flyers. Yes, they beat the Canadians, but they didn't look good doing so. They sort of, I don't want to say played down to their level, but they shrunk somewhere. They didn't play very well. I think yeah, That was uh, a 12 seed versus correct. a 1 seed, George. Let's be real. It didn't look That's like it. That's a blowout. No, it didn't. It, it got, I, I think you need to be more. I wasn't impressed by that. That's the bottom line here. And I, uh, I think also everything you said is true. I don't think the Canadians had any puck luck, and the officiating was, uh, shall we say, interesting. But I also thought, you know, if Carey Price would have played his best game, best games, I don't think he played very well. And yet they were still in the series. I thought Carey Price, you know, maybe he was played eighty percent of what he can actually do. But I didn't think he had a very good series. Like he was letting in the last two goals games, every right. game. When they needed him, yeah, I was just, he, uh, he, yeah. Game five and game six, he wasn't great. Like he just wasn't. You're right. No, he wasn't. He was, and I think that's, uh, you know, I think the Flyers in some way caught a break. You know, they had all the puck luck. They had the calls from the refs, and Carey Price wasn't Carey Price. You know, uh, if two of those things, two of those three things don't happen, the Flyers may not be here right now. It's amazing, isn't it, how the, the pandemic has affected uh, teams in different ways. And, and literally, I, there's not a team, there's not a team that, that gained the most uh, from this in which it saved their season the most. I mean, let's be real, George. Like, the New York Islanders, they were falling apart. Like, they they were falling apart at the pace that they were going. They weren't going to make the playoffs. You know, they were a completely different team from... They were doing the opposite of everything that Trotz wanted them to do. They did have a lot of injuries uh, as well, but the season was going horribly. (laughs) And... And it was falling apart for them. The league shuts down, and here they are right now. They've recaptured. They look like the team that they were two years ago now, George, again. Well, I'm the first to admit, Gabe, when the pandemic hit, this was, uh, forget an anvil falling. This was the coyote, you know, with the, the big boulder falling on their head over and over again. The Islanders were done. I mean, they were just done. They had lost seven straight and 11 of 12 when play stopped. All right, they weren't going to make the playoffs, but that wasn't going to get any better. You said the reason why, the injuries. Those guys weren't close to coming back. It was Fizikas, it was Clutterbuck, Adam Pellich. Pellich was gone for the rest of the regular season. The other two might have returned in a week or two uh, with, with a season left. But Pellich, it's weird. I mean, when no one's going to say, hey, oh, wow, I wish I had Pellich on my team. But the Islanders need him. He is their best defensive defenseman. He's the guy who gets the, clears the front of the net. He can hit. He can get the puck out of the zone. He has no offensive capabilities, but he's so important under that trot system. And getting him back 
He hurt his Achilles. Getting him back to the playoffs was huge for the Islanders. There's no doubt. I completely agree with you. The Islanders were the biggest beneficiary of the four or five months off. Uh, we have to give credit as well to a great playoff coach, and that's Barry Trotz, who is just a great uh, playoff uh, coach. Like every series and every game that the New York Islanders go into, they either have a coaching advantage or, you know, or it's it's equal because there's very few that are as good as Coach Trotz is. You know, <laughs> Trotz is the definition of why coaching matters. And we say in a lot of sports, ah, coaching doesn't matter. Anybody could coach this team. Anybody could coach that team. Uh, we know the Islanders are always going to have problems scoring. But you think the Islanders' defense? I mentioned Pellich. Mayfield, Pulak, Letty, Green, uh, Taze. There's nobody going, wow, that's a great defense. There's not a number one there. There's not a number two there. Really, it's a top-line defender. They're a bunch of threes, fours, and bottom-line guys. But Trotz's system, and when this team buys into his system, they are very tough because they're they're an annoying, nat little team that generally keeps the shots to the perimeter. Generally. And when the shots do get good, Varlamov has played very well. So I think Trotz, I mean... Like I said, that defense that I mentioned here, for the most part, is the same defense that was there the year before Trotz took over, and they were horrendous. They were terrible with Doug Wade because there was no structure. There was no defensive system. Trotz has done a magnificent job. I think the Capitals just keep proving it over and over again how silly it was not to give him the extra million dollars a year he wanted. I thought George Kurtz joining us, Sports Grid's uh, George Kurtz. So I thought, George, the number kind of dictated and and – I was hoping I like the Islanders tonight, and I bet on the Islanders tonight, and I took the under as well. Um, but without being stated, I, I when I before I looked at the number, I sort of assumed I was going to get plus one twenty, plus one twenty five, and I got plus one hundred uh, with, with the Islanders, plus one hundred. And I think that's all you needed to know about about what the odds makers thought about the the matchup between these two teams. They just sort of throw that seed out. I think the odds makers were less than impressed as well uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers against against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the Islanders are now five and one uh, when they score first. The Flyers were flat, four four shots on goal uh, in the first period of play. And uh, George, uh, for for under betters out there, I saw people online, I saw people on Twitter panicking when the Flyers pulled the goalie with so much time left. They're like, oh God, there goes the under. It's amazing, isn't it? Like sometimes, sometimes, dude, they can pull the goalie with like 30 seconds left and you can lose and they'll score right away. Other times they'll pull a goalie. Like it's rare that you see that many minutes, George, right? I remember years ago, Mike Keenan did it out of rage. Basically, the team, Florida, the Florida Panthers are really like sucking and their goalie was getting peppered, bro. <laughs> like basically, and he called the goalie over and uh, he said, he said, take a seat, man. And he's like, what? He goes, there's like eight minutes left. And uh, he goes, nah, he goes, just take a seat. Don't worry about it. And he goes, you know what? You guys are going to leave this guy alone. I'm taking him out. I'm not letting him get killed because of you. And the other team didn't score on the Panthers in an empty net for like eight minutes, George. <laughs> it's bizarre world, this stuff. I wouldn't have even remembered that until you just said it, because uh, I was trying to think of the same uh, same thing. When was the last time you saw a goalie pull? Do you remember it now that I bring it up? The game. Do you remember like now that you Keenan bring it up? It, yeah, it, uh, Mike Keenan did it out of rage yeah. and anger once, not even to win the game. He was just pissed off. 
Yeah, now I remember it. So it's funny you bring that. Uh, you do that a lot to me. You make me remember things because I was trying to remember that tonight. When was the last time we saw a goalie disappear that early? And there wasn't even a flood of goals. <laughs> That's what's amazing. There's, it was, you know, it, it still it still went under the number. It still went under. Varlamov, his second straight shutout. Islanders got something cooking. Playing in the afternoon, actually, an earlier game Wednesday. Portrait's late night continues. George Kurtz kicking it with us. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Sports Race Late Night continues. I am Gable Morancy. Two games in the National Hockey League uh, playoffs tonight. The New York Islanders beat the Philadelphia Flyers 4 nothing, plus 100 underdogs. Uh, meanwhile, the Dallas Stars cash plus 135 uh, tonight. They go back to back. They won 5-3 in game one. They put up another five spot. Uh, they won 5-2 uh, tonight. A lot of people just sort of assumed just because uh, you can't bet just because you think, well, a team's not going to go down two games to none. You had the injuries with the Colorado Avalanche. And the, the, the Dallas Stars have a lot of veteran players, guys, that have played in playoff games before. And the Colorado Avalanche don't. The Avalanche are a very talented young hockey team that has to prove it. Like, they have to go out there and do it. And a lot of times, guys, there's there's less of a process in the NHL, George, than there is in the NBA. Or let's say even in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, you see, George, in the NFL, there's sort of, yeah, you kind of got to, like, make, be a wild card team and then lose and then sort of make it to the, you know what I mean, the divisional round and lose. And then, yeah, you, you get to the you, – you know, that was Andrew Luck's development. That's why I was like, kid, don't don't step aside. You're, you're one away from a Super Bowl, right? Like, you, you went through the pain of losing wild card games. Then you won. You went through the pain of losing it. Like, then you got to the conference championship game. The Toronto Raptors had that, which they climbed. There's, like, a ladder to climb – in the NHL, you can sort of smash that ladder, and you can smash the glass ceiling. We saw that with Vegas uh, before. Uh, it, you know, we saw that with Vegas in the past before. And Vegas are a damn good hockey team right now, George, but so, are this, so is this Dallas Stars team. I believe this is the Dallas Stars' sixth win in a row, actually, now, George, isn't it? Yeah, six wins in a row for the Stars. They're a damn good team, and if they have found their offense, I mean, that, all season long, this has been a team that really – they're no team that plays a defensive system. You know, they play it well. Ben Bishop usually is their goalie. He's a top-notch goaltender. And they're winning a lot of games 3-2. If they have all of a sudden found their offense, Jamie Benn, Radulov, Seguin, Pavelski, you know, these, none of these guys had a great regular season. But if they have found that offense now, 
this is a dangerous, dangerous team. And if Hanoba's going to play, Hanoba's one of the better backup goaltenders in the league. But really, yeah, I didn't think he impressed all that much for his Calgary. They won the games. They won the series. And he won three of those uh, wins for them. But I didn't think he was all that impressive. He played well tonight. You know, he'll, he didn't fall apart after falling down 2-0. Like I said, if they have found their offense, Gabe, this is a team that no one's going – obviously, no one's going to want to play anybody right now. But no one's going to want to play this team because they can play defense. They'll have a solid goaltender. Now they can score goals as well. That was supposed to be a tough team not to like if they're going to keep scoring three, four goals a game. Yeah, I'm not going to write them off. I, I got to be honest, earlier in the day um, on game time decisions, I said earlier tonight, if you ask me right now, George, who's going to play in the Stanley Cup, I would say the Boston Bruins against Vegas. Uh, you know, but you can't you can't write Dallas off, and I'm not writing the New York Islanders off either. I do think the Islanders are going to beat uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. They've got some work to do still. You know, the Flyers are going to come out. They're going to have more than four shots on goal in the first period of game two. Uh, but this Boston team, to me, George, pretty dangerous. And Boston just sort of seemed to get better every game, too. You know, and they admitted that it was going to take them a couple of weeks to to dial it up to, to where they needed to be. But they're starting to get there right now. Uh, if, if I ask you right now, who who do you think plays in the Stanley Cup Finals? I say Boston, Vegas. What do you say? I agree with you. I think Vegas is the best team in the league. They're the best overall team. They don't have a weakness. Uh, they may not have a superstar on offense. They have a good, you know, Stone, Smith, Pacioretty, good players, but not a superstar. There's no McDavid here. You know, there, there's no Crosby. There's no Kucherov or anybody like that, but they play well with the team. The defense is solid and it's deep. And Robin Leonard. I mean, okay, you can you can write a movie about yep. what's going on with this guy, right? He overcomes yep, yep. alcoholism to become one of the better goaltenders in the NHL. It's a fantastic story. This brings me up a question I want. I wanted to ask you this for actually a few days now. I just forgot to ask you. You've been watching hockey forever. Can you remember a playoff season where we've had so many backup goaltenders? I mean, I think it's nuts. Leonard, you think about it. Halak has played. Now yep. we got Frank Kuz. Yeah, it goes on and on and on with these back of goaltenders, and, and these guys are winning. I just can't remember another playoff season where we've had so many backup goaltenders. I'll tell you what, I can't remember another time ever that a goaltender's agent before posted a tweet with a sword going through his client's back. <laughs> <laughs> like Marc-Andre Fleury. It's funny because Marc-Andre Fleury is such a nice guy, and his agent does that. Um, so yeah, Mark andre Fleury's agent, goalie of the Vegas Golden Knights, tweeted out a picture of him getting stabbed in the back uh, because he's not playing. But as you stated, Kurtz, how, how do you sit Robin Leonard right now? I believe he's 9-1 and one now uh, between the pipes with Vegas. He's rock solid. You're not taking this guy out. Fleury has struggled all season. Uh, he had a personal issue early on in the season. Then apparently when we were told that was solved, he didn't play much better. That's the reason they went out and got Leonard from Chicago. Right, because they wanted to have a solid backup for Flory. I don't think Vegas had any thought that Leonard was going to be this good. He was good with Chicago, but not lights out. But when you put a better defense in front of him, he is a top-notch goaltender. Uh, you see, you're trying to win a cup here. you got to go with the better player, and Leonard right now is the better player. I saw that tweet on Saturday. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this guy did that. And I'll tell you, if I was Flory and I didn't know about that, is a pretty damn good guy. He's always handled everything with class. His exit from uh, Pittsburgh because they did salary cap room with class. Yep, yep. Going to Vegas and what happened there with the shooting with class. I'd be pretty ticked off if I was Flurry. And he had to have a news conference yesterday. He didn't really apologize for it. He didn't say he didn't know about it, but he was sort of, you know, yeah, he shouldn't have done that, that sort of thing. But I would be pretty ticked off if I'm Flurry that my agent did that. 
George Kerr's kicking it with us. All right, I want to get into some NFL football. I want to talk about uh, Dallas's other team, the Dallas Cowboys, a bit. But uh, Boston, Tampa, the guys, the NHL schedule is whack. It always has been. It just always will be. They catch you off guard, <laughs> the NHL. I had to do a double and triple take. So I'm like, all right, so there's two games tomorrow, like normal. All right, so you got Boston and Tampa at 7 o'clock Eastern. And Vancouver and Vegas follow at 945 Eastern. But then game two of your New York Islanders series, the Islanders and the Flyers, they're playing Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern. And then you got Tampa and Boston at 8. And then you got Colorado and Dallas, a late game, at 1030. I don't know. I give up trying to figure out the method to their madness, uh, George. I just assumed that NBC Sports told them to do this, and they're, they're just listening to NBC. But very, very strange. I thought we were done with the afternoon games. Uh, but nope, the Islanders and Flyers up in the afternoon. Very bizarre. Uh, and you know I'm with you here. I don't understand that either. I think you read it 100% correctly. It had to be TV. TV controls everything in the playoffs. They tell you when they want these games to start. Why they would want to lose a game to the afternoon? I assume the ratings are lower then and not have it at night. Know. Beyond me. New York, Philadelphia, Maybe big markets, too. Yeah, the Islanders don't draw a big, though. The Flyers, you would think, do, but the Islanders don't, <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why. But still, I, I'm, my only thinking is that the NHL didn't want to give the Islanders and Flyers two days off. You know, if the uh, NBC just, uh, you know, hey, we want this series on a Wednesday night at 8, you know, during prime time. And, the, well, we got, we got this Islanders, Phillies, what, Flyers, what about them? Well, put them on Thursday, you know, another day. I'm guessing Wednesday's a very big night, hockey ratings-wise, because that is the national night for NBC, SN, during the season. So I think you're probably, it's a ratings thing. Yeah, and you look, you're right, because they started at 8 and 10.30. They're not playing around. You're right there. It's the showcase with Tampa, Boston, Colorado, and uh, Dallas. All right, so speaking of uh, Dallas, let's talk a little uh, NFL football. We're just a little more than two weeks away right now, Kurtz. Uh, this Thursday will officially be two Thursdays away uh, from from the start uh, of the season. So it's around the corner, and I'm telling you what, I'm seeing a lot of Dallas Cowboy hype. We had a guest on our show last night that says he likes the Dallas Cowboys to get to the Super Bowl and play the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I've been reading other predictions, and a lot of people are on the Dallas Cowboy wagon uh, right now. And look, when you look at their roster – when you look at the roster, um, they're loaded. You could argue that they have one of the the, the most talented rosters in the National Football League uh, right now, uh, but they've got to prove it. And, I mean, can they go from not being able to beat any teams with winning records to beating all teams with winning records? Because that's where they have to go. I am intrigued by Mike McCarthy in here right now. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't throwing parties because uh, when they hired him, George, but the fact is, they and I don't, you know, Garrett was a, you know, Garrett's not an idiot, but he was too much of a cheerleader. He couldn't really like intimidate anybody on the team because they all knew that he was just Jerry's puppet. Mike McCarthy's a meaner guy, so and I think the Dallas Cowboys do need discipline. So I do think that's a that's a plus. What do you think of the hype uh, of the Dallas Cowboys hype this year? Are you buying in as a Cowboys fan? Because you're normally usually pessimistic about it. What's your take on the Cowboys coming into the year? Well, you said it. The roster is loaded. I mean, the only weakness on this team is the secondary. And let's face it, they can solve that weakness if they want because someone just became available, someone who wants to play for the Cowboys. And, you know, conveniently, the Cowboys turned uh, Tyron Smith's contract. They restructured it and got oh, $10 million Earl in Thomas. cap space. 
Just for the record, for people, uh, I assume everybody knows. But, yes, Baltimore released uh, safety Earl Thomas. Word is uh, Dallas might be the place that he lands. We know that's where he wants to go. And Dallas does have the cap room to do it if they want to go out and get him. So it would be very intriguing. And it is the biggest weakness on this team, right, by far, is the secondary. And Earl Thomas would certainly help that. Even though he's more of a cover three guy, Dallas doesn't play that system. So it would be interesting. But I think he could easily adapt to any system the Cowboys want. And it doesn't matter. He'd be better than anybody they have there. So a talent's there, Gabe. But you hit my little bugaboo there. You know, until Dak beats good teams, I'm going to have some doubts here. You know, until they hit one in seven against playoff teams last year. And when I say that, his numbers were terrible across the board. It wasn't like, oh, he played well in those losses. His numbers were the same. No, they were down across the board. Now, it's not just him. Amari Cooper didn't show up in those games. Zeke didn't play as well. I'm sure there are other players also. But, you know, the quarterback, he wants all this money, right? He turned down whatever the Cowboys offered him, which from all reports was a significant amount. Got to win these games. There's a lot of pressure on deck. You want this big contract, you know, there's no excuse. If this team goes 8-8 eight and eight again or 9-7, and seven, it doesn't make the playoffs, especially when there's an extra wild card team. I mean, I, I don't know how Dak can defend that. This team is loaded. So, yes, I have hope. You know, this, this has to be the season. It's one of the most talented Cowboy teams, what, over the past 15, 20 years, maybe uh, a top three as far as talent since the Aikman days. You know, Romo had a couple of good teams. But this team is loaded. Let's see what Dak can do. But I'm sort of a person. I need to see it, Gabe. I need to see you beat some good teams before I'm going to buy it. Uh, Cowboys and Rams, what do you think about the schedule? It doesn't seem like there's any real free passes here, George. Um, with, with the Cowboys at Rams, Falcons, Falcons uh, at Cowboys. Now, of course, the crowd situation is, is taken out. And, you know, I, I've, been, I've been speaking about this, George. Shouldn't the National Football League put their foot down and just say, listen, there's no fans. Like, we're not having, like, some fans in some places and no fans in other places. Isn't it a competitive imbalance to do that over money? Of course it is. There's no doubt it is. <laughs> Isn't that what we always say? Is it? Isn't that way the spread, you generally get three points on a spread for playing at home because the crowd affects the game. They can yell and scream and hurt the snap count. What was all the garbage that happens during the game? Well, it makes and your life easier you, oh, going to Seattle. Let's be, let's be real right. here, George. I mean, don't tell right. me it's not and easy to play to Seattle. Seattle Stadium. Exactly. It's silly. So the NFL is trying to tell me now it doesn't matter. Just say, hey, we want as much money as we can possibly get. I understand that. I know why you're doing it. Don't try and, uh, you know, you know, don't try and just don't lie to me. Don't lie straight in my face. Oh, no, it has nothing to do with the crawl. With money, it's just the fact that, hey, you know, fans want to play. Yeah, I know, but like, you know, like if Texas says, all right, you can have 50% capacity, like the Cowboys can have like 50,000 people in there. And, and other teams, the Giants are going to have no one there. Like, it, it is a competitive imbalance. We'll say bye to Kurtz on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Radio with Gabe Morenci. The drive for 55, Super Bowl 55. You want to feel old, that's right. Super Bowl 55, man. Whoa. 
Super Bowl 55 this year. And you know what's amazing, guys? Um, so they played 54 Super Bowls. Do you know what the record is, George, uh, between the AFC and the NFC? Are you going to tell me it's 27 and 27? Yeah, I guess the, I gave it away but the way I set it up. Yes, it's 27 and 27. <laughs> So this this is yeah, the deciding I, when you said that what else could it be? Yeah, this is the deciding year. It, it is the AFC and the NFC. They're twenty-seven and twenty-seven. Fifty-four Super Bowls. The AFC has actually won four of the last five Super Bowls, though. The AFC has been on a little bit of a uh, of a run. So as far as the Dallas Cowboys uh, are concerned, uh, the Dallas Cowboys sixteen to one, sixteen to one to win the Super Bowl. They are the sixth choice. Um, in which you've got uh, Baltimore, Kansas City, San Francisco, New Orleans, Tampa, and then the Dallas Cowboys at 16-1. to Their win total is 9.5 right now, minus 160 to the over at FanDuel. So, uh, Cowboys, so as you stated, with this roster, George, to me, you know, they should be an 11-5, 12-4 football team. They should, but I, I find that hard to believe they're going to go from 9-7, and seven, can't beat any playoff teams, to all of a sudden they'd have to go, what, 5-2 and two against playoff teams, somewhere around there, and to be a 12-4 and four team. I think more 10 and – I think the, the book has it right. I think 10-6 and six is sort of their upside. If everything goes right, maybe 11-5. and five. Schedule is tough for the Cowboys. It's not an easy schedule. They play Baltimore on that schedule as well, which means they got Pittsburgh and uh, Cleveland as well. So uh, I don't see 12-4. and four. I think everything would have to go right for them, and that's generally not Dallas's way. Uh, and as as we stated, like it, their life becomes easier. Cowboys at Seahawks in Week Three, but uh, still, there's you know no easy games, man. Cowboys at Rams, Falcons at Cowboys, Cowboys at Seahawks, Browns at Cowboys, Giants at Cowboys, Cardinals at Cowboys. Even those first six games, no no free passes there, no free passes. George Kurtz, check him out on the grid. Great stuff, George. Thanks for the time. Always, Gabe. Be good. Portrait's late night continues. Bring it. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.